Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Lee Salisbury and welcome to Soap from the Box, the podcast where I go behind the scenes of some of the country's biggest shows, EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks and Australia's finest, Neighbours and Home and Away. There are two episodes every single Sunday this season of Soap from the Box. You can listen to the other one right after this. It's been Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK this week, so we wanted to bring you two special episodes. This one is with a great friend of mine, Alicia Eo from Emmerdale, who shares very openly and honestly some of her struggles. My guest today was born in Liverpool, but moved to London at 14 to pursue her love of acting and dancing. She has graced our screens in some of TV's top shows, including Casualty, Hetty Wentrop investigates. Now, there was one about it. I had to mention that because I just love it. Gold and Bad Girls, where we first saw Denny Blood in a pink PVC outfit dancing to Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. But importantly, <laughs> it was the Entrance remix. Soap fans will remember her as Ruby Haswell, who made a quiet exit from Emmerdale, getting crushed, sliced and finished off by a helicopter landing in a village hall. Please welcome one of the funniest, nicest Northerners you will ever meet, Alicia Eo. Hi, Alicia. Hello, lovely. No, is it Alicia or Alicia? I never know. I always get confused. It's Alicia, isn't it? It's Alicia, but you Alicia, know, I get yeah. all sorts of things. So whatever feels comfortable with you, I'm fine. Oh, it is Alicia. I know that, you know, when you, who did I interview the other day? And it was, yeah, it was the other way around because it's spelt the same, isn't it, I think? But... Let's well, mine's, like, got, mine's got a Y in it, so that's where you... Over that, of, I've gone wrong. And like, yeah. <laughs> See, it's quite funny. Like, Obviously, we're friends. It's quite funny doing this with friends because you kind of re- research them and I would like I would never call you by your full name. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what you call me, Lee. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, but first of all, we need to bring up, before we get to the pink PVC suit, which I'm, I've watched the clip of. I mean, that is that's kind of an introduction and a half to a show, isn't it? Do you know what? It really was like, um, I, I was a bit like, um, okay, we're really going to do this. But, you know, the character, she she would she would do that. Like, she, you know, she was a big character. Did you know that um, that that actual, the pair of pants, a guy wanted to actually buy them? Um, oh, really? Yeah, he got in touch with the show and said, can I buy those pants? How much was yeah, he offering? I'm not sure what happened. I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of let that go from there. But it was, you know, it was nice that someone wanted to buy the pants. Yeah. Well, I remember I did a, um, going totally off course, I did a documentary about Britney Spears and the umbrella she used to bang against the car in that famous clip. Like he was offered some yeah, yeah, yeah. 200,000 pounds for the umbrella. Oh, he still had it. I was like, you crazy. Oh, I mean, that's crazy. God. Get rid of the umbrella. God. <laughs> Um, and also, I'll bring up all your other work later, but I have to say, Hetty, wait, did, were you with Patricia Routledge? Yes, yes, yeah, with Patricia Routledge. Um, wow. Yeah, and also, um, I can't remember his name, but uh, the guy who plays Tyrone in Coronation Street. Oh, Alan. It was with him, and oh, also good. Dominic, somebody who ended up in Lord of the Rings. Oh, um, Dominic, uh, the little, the really little guy. Monaghan, Dominic Monaghan. Yes! Yeah, yeah. So we were all together doing doing that job, which it was a great job. I really enjoyed it. I just remember having purple hair, lots of makeup and uh, being in the rain 
and having to get a train home with with you know makeup all down my face which wasn't fun I think so, the thing about being all those being kind of tv shows like that because obviously you know when you go to the theatre and you read the program and most yeah. most actors it says you know they've been in the bill casualty yeah it. but it's just who you who you met along the way because obviously loads of actors have done that I was watching Only Fools and Horses the other day a, I didn't know, well, Jake Wood was in it, but B, what I didn't know was, you know, the huge scene where Rodney and Delboy run as Batman and Robin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Cherie Murphy was one of the robbers who was in that scene. Oh, my goodness. I really? know. Do you know that I used to work with Cherie in um, the London Palladium before we first started getting on television? Oh, did you? What, as, a, as in behind yeah. the scenes? We were, we were like usherettes. Oh, wow. At the Palladium and also um, Nick... Who's or who's a, he's? I think he's in Hollyoaks. A Nick Picard. Yes, yeah, we were all together at the London Palladium. Yeah, like, see, uh, what a weird, it's such a big world, but actually, TV and stuff is such a small world, isn't it? Just sorry, the P- Pink BBC. I think it's really it, uh, Ashley Taylor Dawson. His podcast said the same because actually, when you've got something so different than yourself, it must be quite nice because actually, then you're putting on a character. Do you know what I mean? Whereas soap can be quite jeans and what you would normally wear in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, that's what I loved about Bad Girls is um, the costumes. It makes you, it makes the character as far as I'm concerned. Like, they, they were clothes that I would never, ever choose to wear as a person. I mean, well, yeah, I mean you're, I'm going to catch you out there. I'm sure we've had nights <laughs> out in your pink PVC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was I wearing pink PVC? I'm not sure. Um, well, um, that's another story. Let's talk yeah. about that later. So, obviously, <laughs> so glad you're on the podcast and we'd spend time talking about the soap and then we'll talk about all the other stuff. So, Emma Dow, you played Ruby Haswell. Um, yes. I'd say one of probably the most boring surnames of a soap character I've talked about. Haswell. <laughs> <laughs> and no offence to anyone out there who's called Haswell. But um, you joined in 2011 playing, the, as she was described, the down-to-earth, gritty, funny and likeable Ruby Haswell, who was brought in to cause a stir with her girlfriend, Ali Spencer, played by, obviously, the legendary Kelly Hollis. Oh, my beautiful Kelly, yes. And I have a little early surprise for you here. Hold on. Oh. Just get this ready. Okay. Here we go. Oh, this is interesting. Hi, wifey. <gasps> Do you miss me? I miss you, babe. Love you loads. Love you loads. Don't let him catch you out with any dodgy questions. Um, (laughs) Have a great time. Love you and I miss you. And um, video call me over the weekend. Love you, wifey. So, I mean, A, I love she calls you. I mean, it's so nice because even working with you guys, it's so, it was just comes off the page. I mean, how well you got on. It must be amazing when you go into a show and when you've got to have that chemistry with someone that it is just a natural chemistry. Yeah, do you know what? Like as soon like we did the auditions separately, but then we were put together, and I am so glad. Like I couldn't have wished for a better wifey than that. Like honestly, it was absolute joy to work with her. And as soon as we got on set together, as soon as we met, we knew. Like yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, she's one of my best friends now. So yeah, I'm glad that came across on screen. Yeah, no, and I mean you were you guys were a joy to work as I always say as a director. You kind of go into obviously you get your scripts and you know who you're working yeah. with and I mean there's no one that you dread really well no one I've really dreaded in so but you just know when they're going to be really good days do you know what I mean because yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. family were brilliant and what I love yeah the sense of family I mean and the kids as well Luke Ruskell and you know obviously Daisy like uh, all of them and and you know Liam Liam Fox were all a joy to work with. And what I loved as well is obviously your house was in the village and it, often we were stuck in the studio for obviously days and the studio was great but you knew if you were in the village it was a bit slower pace which was lovely and um yeah. just, there was something magical about when you're filming a proper house wasn't it because it felt can't you know you it feels real in a studio I suppose because you make it feel real but it's never quite the same I don't think as filming in an actual yeah that, you know I really appreciated that I was really happy with that because being obviously being in the studio was great and being in the wall park and all that kind of stuff but yeah that there was a sense of um there was a sense of home when we were filming in the village because it was our home. Um, so I was really appreciative of that. Um, yeah, it, it, it made a difference to us, I think. Yeah, obviously you played lesbians in the show, a lesbian couple. And why I didn't even mm. want to put it in the introduction is I always think lesbians and gay characters always get described as that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it, I feel yes. like it should be normalised, which is it becoming? I'm not sure because, again, you know, with the Aaron thing, it's always, if you ever read about storyline, it will always be kind of the sexuality is always mentioned, which is quite mm. mad still to me. 
I think I think it's different, like in soaps, right? Because um, soaps are a very different genre to like dramas and stuff like that. I think in dramas and films and stuff, it's more kind of normal. I think in soaps, it's 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 not an issue, but it's it's a thing, right? Um, but I was so happy, like the feedback that we got from um, the Emmerdale fans and the letters that we got and all that, it was completely normal. Oh, great. You know, yeah, it was brilliant. The feedback we got was, was brilliant. We got loads of letters from um, people who were in that situation, you know, um, uh, two, two women together with kids and, and, and people thanking us for kind of, you know, normalising that on television in a soap so it was it was um surprisingly went very very smoothly yeah I suppose the thing is that they have to make an issue in soap because to normalize it you know because I suppose because it is it's weird isn't it it's a big thing and also to get get people's understanding across because soap is I don't know an older audience but it's almost I can understand why it has to be heightened to normalise it. And I think soap is the best platform to do that, actually, because, you know, it's a regular thing. It's in people's lives every single day, right? And people sit down and that's that's what they watch, right? And I, so I think it's a, a really important platform to normalise um, gay and lesbian relationships, yeah. And I think it's the same with race, actually, because Nina Wadra in the first series of this made a really important point that when she joined... Um, and they were like, you're playing a Muslim. And she said, you know what, let's just, why don't we talk about what the character is? Is she bossy? Is she because, and then the religion can become secondary to that because, exactly. you know, yeah. it's like, what do you want the character to be? As in, you wouldn't go for an audition as yeah. a white Christian and be like, right, you're a white Christian who is. Yeah, no, totally. I love how you introduced Ruby. You know, it's that those those are those are her defining characters, and on exactly, top of that, yeah. she's in top of that, so yeah, happy. she happens to be a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right, yeah, so yeah. I we got normally on the podcast, which I'm going to do with you, do a little quiz to kind of take us through the storylines. Um, now it doesn't matter if it's, uh, most people get all of these wrong because I think actors have that thing of learning a script and then it's kind of they forget. It and also, up, yeah. as we know, you could have murdered someone, and it's so many years ago you've actually forgotten about it. Um, <laughs> You didn't murder anyone. So whilst Ali and Ruby, question one, as the lights go down, whilst Ali and Ruby argued, Amelia, this is quite soon when you were in, Amelia wandered off and almost got run over by who? Oh, um, uh, her dad. No, Carl King. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So you you were there, you were in the scene as well. See, I luckily I introduced the quiz in that way so you don't feel bad. (laughs) I feel really bad. No, <laughs> no, honestly, but it's that thing because I read. I mean, I, some of these coming up, I'm like, oh, I didn't realise that happened. I mean, so many things happen in. Like I said, you would never live in Emmerdale Village because, I mean, yeah. you, you've been, you know, you've been the assignment. Right um, but I brought that up because we've kind of spoken about them. The fact that Amelia, Sean, Luke, and Daisy, like we said, um, it was such a great family. And again, when those kids come in, so general question basically to you about working with kids, I suppose, and so the, your family of older actors, you can go in and just perform. And in a way, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're friends, in a way. What's it like yeah. working with kids? I mean, is it very different when you suddenly become this almost surrogate mother in a way? Yeah, I mean, you have to become a family immediately. Um, and like you say, with, with grown-ups, it's it's very different because, you 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 know, you've you've been through... You know what to do when you're on set. With children, it's very, very different. But you know what? With Luke and Daisy, like, we just all got on so well from the very, very beginning. We all just clicked in. I I feel very fortunate. Like, I've never come across... um, any any children that I couldn't work with like that I don't know they did just we had an affinity all of yeah, us and I, um, and I think actually to give credit to all the casting directors out there because they do do it's another one of those oh, jobs and casting directors kind of yeah. will hear from the producers what parts coming out they will start kind of putting the feelers out and getting people in by the time the director goes in yeah. it's been shortlisted and you're always amazed actually and yeah. I've always it's it, their job is incredible do you know what I mean because they, it's weird how it's weird how they know like what personalities are going to fit together yes in real life it's like friendships isn't it you kind of know yes. who you're going to be friends with as in you choose. and when when I was casting 
you are judging their ability, but I would say 60, 70% is knowing how they're going to get on in this show, how they're going to fit yeah. in with a blend of actors already there. Um, yeah. And that is so important, I think, because as I yeah. always say to actors going to auditions, you know, it's not like you're going with five other rubbish actors. Normally you're all brilliant. And it's just those defining things that you can't, you can't change. It just happens to be what you're going to be put into and whether you're, what we're seeing is like, oh, they're going to be a great fit. Do you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And that, you know, that that's the thing about me and Kelly, actually, like we both did, you know, our, our second audition, the screen test with, with different people. Um, I was with a, a, a lady who was a lot older than me and it just, didn't work I walked out of that screen test going I've not got that job yeah you know but but they saw Kelly separately they saw me separately and they put us together like you know obviously with with the with Luke and Daisy as well and they just put us all together so they knew exactly what they were doing and but that's so hard as an actor because I mean as we know the acting industry is so tough for this because you'll go to auditions not read you don't really get feedback if you don't get the part Mm. but you can see some people when they're paired with people, it's like, oh, no, it could be your downfall. But again, it's obviously the people behind the scenes know what you've yeah. done or know what. But you must walk away if you're put with someone that you're like, oh, God, as if I've got them. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had so many auditions like that. You just walk away going, oh, that was so wrong. Yeah. Oh, I'd be like that. I'd be furious. I think I'd be like, oh, I really did. I think I don't want to. Just to warn you, I don't, she's rubbish. Um, so... <laughs> Which second question? Which homophobic relative oh. came to stay with the family? With the Spencer family? Yeah. I mean, I hope I've got uh, it right because I didn't know this one. Oh my goodness! Um, let me think about. I mean, someone um, very close to Ruby. Oh, her mum. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was her mum. Oh my god, I'd completely forgotten about that as well. How? Fu- I mean, how funny. Oh my god, that's so weird. So I brought that up because that storyline, I think, is quite. Um, again, to talking about the gay team, obviously in real life you are a lesbian. And so, how yes. did you become quite connected to that story? I suppose, as in, it was it hard to. You know, you're in a soap. You know, it's different in real life. But was it kind of? Imp- were you constantly thinking? You know, is this what people are facing outside? Yeah, yeah, I was. You know what? Like, um, I think because I chose to come out when I was in Emmerdale. Um, so when I was doing Bad Girls, I chose not to come out right. publicly. Um, just because the character was so strong and I just wasn't ready at that time. I was so young. But Emmerdale, it was very, very different. Um, I connected with that story so much more. I was I was very, very fortunate to, to, to have that character because I could click into it because I'm a lesbian. So yeah. I could click into it a little bit more. Um, um, and obviously, like, saying that, like, Kelly's not a lesbian. And she yeah. clicked into something, you know, uh, uh, that was that was beautiful. And, and that um, actors do that. That's what we do. If you're playing a murderer, you know, most people, luckily, hopefully, play a murderer, haven't actually murdered someone. And um, <laughs> Well, I like to think. <laughs> yeah, and I, I talked to Jennifer Metcalf, and she did a stillbirth storyline, but she had never right. had kids, and now she's had a kid. So I was like, did you look back and... And I think, obviously, she said you would, she probably would have played it differently. But, you know, you're, I think that's where you have to trust the writers or the, you know, you're, I think the thing is with stories, anything, it's a, it's a, I think with Insight, you're always trying to help people anyway. So I always remember the cot death, the writer was very adamant that every character mm-hmm. that reacted in a way that someone at home would yeah. react. So they had someone relate to relate to. So even though you haven't been through it, it's a way of, do you know what I mean? So the, the whole yeah. day. I guess with writers, you've got to be really sensitive to whoever you're writing for. Yes, with lesbians and gays, I suppose they're not relating to charities like we do with other big storylines. But I think it's that thing. Yeah. Of, I certainly, don't think you should have to be gay to play a gay role. No, absolutely not. So, where did next question? Please, God, get this Go one. On. This is really easy. Uh, I'm saying that. Okay. Pressure. Where did Ruby work for most? Yeah, I know. I this, it. I think you'll get this. Where did Ruby work for most of her time in Emmerdale? cafe yes yes of course I wanted to bring that up because I haven't talked about this for people again listening I'm always trying to think what people want to know in the cafe I always think I feel sorry for you guys because it's actually obviously so for listeners you can't 
you know, do really the coffee machine because it makes too much noise. And obviously you can't pretend mm-hmm. to do coffee because it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You can't really butter bread. You know, everything is con- continuity. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what did you, yeah. <laughs> it's quite hard, isn't it, to think of what to do props wise in those scenes if you're working in the cafe. Oh, do you know what? Me and Tony really, we got this down. Um, Tony's an absolute joy to work with, by the way. I love him. Bob, he's amazing. Love him. Um, So me and him, like, we came up with loads, loads of things. So there was a lot of muffin action. Um, There was a lot of cake action. Uh, There was a lot of... um, Holding tea towels. uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There was a lot of kind of going back and bringing stuff out. Um, So we, we, you know... you. You kind of make yourself busy, <laughs> like and it was, it was a bit it's like a very Pizza, wasn't it? You kind of went out, and there was all ones made earlier, ready for you in the kitchen to bring yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The props guys were amazing on that. Like, if you know, like we would we would say to them, "Oh, can we can we have this for this scene?" And immediately it would be brought out. So we had stuff to work with. And what um, I always yeah. love about those scenes, and Home and Away used to do it all the time when I was younger and you watch it, and someone will order a milkshake, kind of do their scene and then yeah. leave, and the milkshake's still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, everyone in Emmerdale is so rich, they order a cup of tea, kind of announce that, yeah. you know, someone's been having an affair and then leave a cup of tea, and you're like, it, it, wow, <laughs> so much money that they never drink, they don't ever have their orders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so who helped Ruby pursue her nursing career by selling a trinket to help pay for it? Um, Laurel? No, no. no oh. Almost. That family. The Thomas family. Oh. Um... I'll tell you, it was Sandy Thomas. Was it? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping I'm right here because I don't remember that storyline either, but apparently he sold his trinket. I remember you and Freddie Jones did have quite a lot together in the end, though, didn't you? Oh, listen, me and Freddie had so much fun. Like, oh, God rest his soul. I mean, the late Freddie Jones, who was amazing, wasn't he? Like, amazing to work with. He was a legend. I I just remember, you know, the, the best memories I have of Freddie is him just reciting poetry on set. Yes. You know, yes. when we have a break on set, he would just come out, he'd stand up and just recite a poem. It was amazing to work with. It, no, it is an honour to work with him. And I just wish, I suppose, in that in that sense, I wish I hadn't worked with him on soap because soap, unfortunately, has to be quick. And, um, yes. you know, Freddie, Freddie would be one of those people you'd think, oh, this is really awful to say, I suppose, but it's true. You'd think, oh, no, it's going to take so long. You've got the schedule, but in a way... you wanted that to happen unfortunately it's like especially Freddie Jones has done so much and isn't I suppose that level of Sue Johnson says this in her podcast that she used to chat as she came on and she could see everyone going oh god she's going to be trouble I mean we haven't got time to talk about what it's like or how you are because unfortunately soap has to be you come on do a quick hello and then you know you're in it yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's super quick it's like you know I I um it's like a conveyor belt soap. Like everything, you're right. It has to be so quick. You don't get that time to kind of do stuff and spend time together. But um, you know, fortunately, we have those moments in between. You know, um, setting up a different scene or setting up a different camera set, or whatever. Um, that you get to do there, which is brilliant. Yeah, you have time for another another um, sonnet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> from him. <laughs> Um, yeah. Now you've also had you also had some really big well I suppose big storylines. You had a story where Ruby was unable to have children, which I suppose has got a lot of levels mm-hmm. to it as a woman and also as a lesbian couple. That you know it's it's um, a very different situation. Anyway, again, do you mm-hmm. when you take on roles like that, when not roles, storylines like that, again, do you sense mm-hmm. that thing of going, you know, there's going to be people watching that I need to, you know, not to get it right. There's no getting it right, but you're thinking about how you're going to betray it. You know what? Actually, that that particular storyline was actually very personal to me. Um, yeah, you know, not not that I've you know I've never um, been through that, but it was actually personal to me for being a lesbian yeah. and trying to have children and stuff. So um, it was it was kind of hard, but it makes it harder if it's personal to you in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 it does, because you've got to click into something that is that is you. But I like that, like, I, you know, I, I did like that because I could bring something real to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's really telling, actually, you saying as well that you came out while you were in Emmerdale as well. And I think that's the thing, like, it's this magical thing about soap that not only does it help people at home, it, it has got that thing of it can help you as an actor, you know, like it, it, that that almost in a way gave you the confidence to come out. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And to tell those stories. And yeah. to tell those stories. Yeah. And because, um, I mean, I've said this before, and it's on Sally Dynavis' podcast from the last series again, that she played the breast cancer storyline and she said the Coronation Street saved her life because on the same day she filmed Sally, the character, finding out she had breast cancer. She had gone to have her own checkup because of the storyline and on the afternoon of that same day she found out she had breast cancer. Whoa. Which, oh my it, goodness. which she was like, it was like that. the most surreal thing ever but also, you know, yeah. it was only because the soap had done that storyline with her that she thought, oh God, I should yeah. go and get checked. Is this... Uh, the way the world revolves, but it's it's that, that that's why I champion about soap so much that it kind of yeah. can change all of our lives. Do you know what I mean? It makes you think about issues yeah. you might not have thought of, and totally. Well, yeah. I think you and before we move off, Emma, well, there were, what we have to mention obviously is the fact that you left. I mean, I did. I like the description of what happened because actually, it's, it's <laughs> cool. so Chrissy Sugden. I mean, my editor David, you have to put some sad music to this, David. Um, I'll do it in my best dramatic voice. Chrissy Sugden unintentionally caused an explosion which resulted in a helicopter being hit by a gas canister and crashing into the village hall. I mean, it was an unlucky helicopter that a flying gas canister hit it in the first place. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also the village hall often is just most of the week and weekends it's empty, but there happens to be a wedding reception in the village hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what was it like when you how did you find out you were you were going to be killed off you know what um when I joined Emmerdale I was only meant to be there for a year um I signed up a year contract and then it got on for two years and then three years and then I thought myself I was like okay I need to stop now so um I spoke to um, the producer and by, that point, a lot of, uh, by that point sorry to interrupt a lot of your a lot of the characters surrounding you had gone anyway hadn't they yes yeah 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 and you know there was no there was not much scope for for that character to go any further um which I appreciated um so yeah speaking to the producer and I I said I, I, I want to go look I've been there four years um and so I didn't want to go out <laughs> in a taxi. No, no, um, the dreaded. <laughs> anyone listening, so, if you go in a taxi, it means wait, you've done something wait, wrong. Yeah, exactly. you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waving sadly from the back of the car. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but no one, because no one was there that you were with as family anymore. You would have been just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they gave me this amazing exit. Oh, um, incredible. I was, I was made up. I was absolutely made up. Like, I was so happy with the way she went out like if you're gonna go out go with a helicopter rotor blade to the stomach Do you know what I mean? no I mean yeah and what I love is almost that thing and unfortunately this happens in real life in a really serious note that when people go <laughs> you realize how much people love you and I just remember the reaction when Ruby died was huge and almost I think Ruby, I think your family was amazing but it never reached the heights of a I suppose because it takes years and years I think for characters to get to a Chaz Dingle or a Debbie Dingle level in people's yeah head. yeah yeah but it's almost like when yeah. Ruby died, it was like suddenly this outpouring of like, oh no, we didn't want her to die. Yeah, it was amazing. Like the response that I had from that, like that we had, the show had from from that was incredible. Um, and you know, I'm 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 just really grateful for that. Actually, um, it did a lot for the show. It did a lot for me. Um, so yeah, I was I was well happy. Like well happy. And, and to end like a dying scene, which I've never ever done before in my life. And you got to be part of that massive stunt, which was obviously incredible to yeah. film. I, mean, I always I say incredible to film. They're worst things to film in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you, you know, you've got massive, I always say, because people I think watching soaps expect now, because of the level of TV drama has gone up so much, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to match what people are used to seeing on Line of Duty or on huge, big things. And obviously soap still hasn't got the budgets like that. And um, I do think that's why so I think when I did the Queen Vic Fire, my biggest aim, like I said to them, was let's just get the fire right. Because most fires you see on soap, people are speaking and having their last words, you know, for mm -hmm. half an hour. And actually fires just go up straight away. So 
let's not worry too much about the stunt, let's just get the realness of the thing, do you yeah. know what I mean? Which I think the helicopter, silly as it was, I suppose, in a way, but it did work like that because it was the emotion. Do you remember your last line? I do, actually. Do you? Because I've got it here. Go on, uh, give us... Yeah, I do. It was, tell Ali that I love her. Yes, it was, yeah. The one, the one bit I kind of like made me chuckle was tell her it didn't even hurt, <laughs> <laughs> which I do think Ali would be going. Oh, that was the reason, wasn't it? It's like you know, you you don't want your loved one you, to think you've you suffered. You don't want your loved one to think that you suffered. Yeah, exactly that. And I think and when that's the why just went, went it might, the helicopter did hit her, but it didn't hit her really bad. <laughs> really, really. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you also got. Which is great. You've got a bench erected in memory of her, which I'm not sure where it is. Do you know where that is in the village? I don't know. Like, no. um, to be honest, like, you know, when I leave a show, it's like when I left Bad Girls, like, I, I can't watch it after that. No, yeah, I'm kind of um, similar to that. You have a tinge of jealousy, and that's only in a good way, because it's like, it's quite hard to watch, isn't it? It really is. It really is. To, to see people going on when you've left. Um yeah, that was it was really hard for me. So I didn't watch Emmerdale for a very long time after that. I've only, literally only started watching it in the past like six months, and that's only because my girlfriend watches it. Oh, okay. Um, so you kind of, well, I've started watching the yeah, classic like, ones now. <laughs> I just kind of enjoy watching the classic ones because it's like, oh my god, seeing it. Yeah, it's all on now, isn't it? Yeah, really? seeing it so differently because I remember it a bit from my past mm-hmm. where being at my nan and granddad's, but it's like, oh my god, it's amazing. So. Right, we will leave. Yeah. Edward. You made a great impression. I think you you two were brilliant characters and did a lot, like we say, for um, you know people out there. So amazing, and also um, I'm so glad I was part of that era with you guys. Don't I mean we had such fun as well. And I must say, Lee, like it was a joy to work with you, specifically. Oh, um, thank it really you. was. Like you made it so much fun, but you you got the best out of us. I think oh, when you were working. very much. Right, well, let's move on to you. And I'm actually going to start with something quite serious. Uh, we've talked before the podcast, obviously, and I think the last year has shown us all, uh, I think the, the only thing good, I suppose, come out the last year, I think, is everyone has reached a level of anxiety themselves. And I think mental illness has become a, a thing in people's consciousness because I think everyone, in a way, has suffered and realises. But you've, as yeah. I know, have gone through stuff. And I know you are keen to talk about it because of people out there. So you have suffered mentally. It's obviously ended in you, it ended up in you going to rehab and stuff. So how did it come about that you felt ready to do something, you know, with whatever the problems were going on in your life? Okay, so um, basically, uh, 2017, um, I, yeah, I got to a point in my life, like, after leaving Emmerdale and having um, a relationship breakdown, um, I basically turned to alcohol, uh, which wasn't great. So I ended up like losing everything, including myself. Uh, that was the main thing. So I went to a rehab called Transforming Choice in Liverpool, which is the most amazing place. Um, and they helped me just figure out why I was doing what I was doing um it was the best and the worst three months of my life if I'm honest um but I yeah and and recently like so the first lockdown that we had in the summer all fine all good all good um and then this lockdown has been really really difficult for me proper difficult um Fortunately, I've had the support of my mum and my brother and my partner um, that have gotten me through it. Um, but I, I've really, really suffered, if I'm honest. I think, and I think, yeah, honestly, I think everyone has. I mean, I think when you've, I mean, you know, without, I've had my own struggles and stuff. And I think, A, I think the first lockdown was summer, which is a very different story yeah. when it's not. And I just think it's very hard, I think, for anyone to be alone with their thoughts and it's made everyone you know as we as we know as a population relationships suddenly people are with each other all the time and with kids and mm-hmm. it's given that time for everyone to analyze stuff but also when you know you've gone through stuff it's almost heightened because you're dreading the, the being in this situation aren't you where you're not going out and seeing people you're not um 
you're not living a normal life and you're frightened of, I suppose, the things that frightened you before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're just scared of going back to where you were before. Um, and that's that's essentially what I did. Um, I learned so much about myself um, in rehab. It was amazing. Um, and I spent, you know, a good few years sober and then this hit and... Um, yeah I just found it so hard like so hard but you're right like you know and I think that if you have mental health issues initially then this lockdown is is just heightening things I honestly um, do think it's opened everyone up to thinking we all we all have mental health issues in a way yeah. because we've all got hang-ups I think as I've talked about on this with Ashley Taylor Dawson, who did the storyline, suicide that suicide is the biggest killer of men under 50 and um, because there's that thing of not talking. So I think what you've done to take, I think it's the most bravest thing you can do to go to rehab and to to because the biggest thing for people listening and stuff, as we know, is to, to admit it might be alcohol, it might be, it might not even be substances at all. It might be just admitting that you've got a problem in yourself and you're not happy. And it's often, as what I know from you and my friends, but it's your missus happy-go-lucky or you know laugh the best laugh ever but it's it's almost those people often that are putting on a a front and I think it's very easy for people to jump on the bandwagon especially these days of going oh well they're an actor so you know they, they can put on what they want it's like it's not, it's not that at all we've all got the same emotions in the end and I think anyone listening that has got problems getting help or just speaking to someone I think professionally is the best that, that is the thing get help like it, it, yeah People need to speak about it more, you know. Yeah. I think, and not being ashamed of anything because it's, it's it should be the other way around. Have pride in yourself if you're going to speak about stuff because that's when you overcome that. That's such a proud thing to do. And I know we talked about Daniela Westbrook, who was on the podcast, who has overcome so much. And like you said, she's a trailblazer because the fight in her and that fight is so inspirational to people. And as we know, people are bringing it down, but the, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's inspirational to everyone. I think when those people actually like you now speaking about it, people listening wouldn't have known that people in this life, especially, I think it's important for people like you because you're on telly, people think it's all glamorous and you're great and you're going to parties and it's all fabulous. Do you know what I mean? But actually a lot of people in the showbiz suffer because, because yeah. I think of the industry. Like, do you know what? Like, um, like, Going, having to, this pressure to kind of be someone, um, like when people meet you in the street or when you go to these events or whatever, there's a pressure on you. And I have a lot of anxiety, a lot of social anxiety, and, and it makes me very, very uncomfortable. Like I have to mentally prepare, prepare myself to go to anything, you know, um, and it was a lot of pressure on me and I, I lost myself. And that's why, I, you know, I drank to kind of get through things. And do you think leaving Emma down again, this is no, I'm not blaming so at all for this, but I'm, I, I think there's a thing that should be addressed. I think so. You're like Hollywood A-listers here in a different, very different way, but so you are yeah. elevated to this thing. You're in people's hands every day. And I think leaving something like that always in a way can have a profound effect on you because suddenly you can be of work. You could have been working before that, which you were for years and years, but suddenly leaving that show. And I suppose losing, even if you're not wanting that admiration and that it's almost like suddenly that bit of you goes, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. It I, does. It leaves you a bit lost, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think, I think you lose. I think what lockdown has done as well is, you know, if obviously so many people haven't worked, including me for months because of the jobs have just been harder to get and because of all, but Every day you lose a bit of confidence in yourself, I think, which I think is a big thing that loads of people have realised. You know, you know, you know why, but you can't help that inward feeling that a bit of that confidence goes in you every day. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it just kind of like chips away at you. And so anyone out there who is, and we'll, we'll move on, but anyone out there who is having problems, I mean, it is... I suppose, again, people have got these images of rehab, including me, actually, of going kind of, you know, it's, um, I don't know, how do I see it? I'm not sure. I suppose I see it as a constant group circles and having to outwardly say stuff in front of people. And I suppose the biggest thing is, especially if you're on telly like that, was there that fear that you're going in and people are going to know who you are? Yeah, you know what, like... Um... Yeah, I, I was a bit scared about that. Like, and I think that's why I put it off. I, I did put it off for quite a long time, simply because of that reason, that people will recognise me, people will judge me. Um, 
but actually the 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 facility that I went to there was no judgment whatsoever um it, it was brilliant um and that you know openly open that that they made me openly talk about it and feel okay about feel talking. okay about admitting it. Yeah. So anyone yeah. who's doing yeah. it, we'll put all of we'll put their contact details on the on our page and stuff. But and yeah, um, and well done for talking about it because I just think it's really important to get. It's just like we said, it's just talking about and normalizing the fact that having problems is not weird or insane. It's like most people <laughs> actually suffer. Yeah. Yeah, and I think now, like you know, people are suffering maybe when they weren't suffering before. So if you're suffering now, then please reach out. Do something, yeah. And I, as I said just a minute ago, I think let's all come away from lockdown and this year going. And now at least I feel like we're more together as a population, as a as a world that we yes. all can have a bit of understanding of each other a lot more, which I think people have a lot more. People are willing to help you and not not question stuff. So I think. If that's a positive to come out of it, then that's amazing, isn't it? Exactly. Let's go back to, so after, let's talk about acting again and the stuff you do. Yeah, and um, and we've laughed about this, I suppose, before the podcast. It's very morning television to go, right, next. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not belittling it at all. It's just like you have to leave something and go on. But so you've been in literally everything. And again, I think you're going to be rubbish at this after the last uh, quiz. But I just wondered if you could remember who you played in some of these shows, which I'm sure is... D- doctors oh my god um i've done a few episodes of doctors oh have you oh okay yeah, so I yeah well the one i've got is dawn fuller okay who was she <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> she was brilliant anyway i, I think um, i've got no to be honest I'll admit to you that I haven't obviously watched that episode now, so I'm not quite sure. You need to, you need to go back on Netflix. I need to go back and watch your back catalogue. It will take <laughs> days. You've done so much. Uh, now, this is probably the best name I came across. Bombshell. Who did you play in Bombshell? Hmm. I played a character called Gainer. Yes, you did. I've got yep. Gunner Gainer. Yep. I mean, that's yep. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Gainer was like, Gainer Fuller? I think her name That's is. it. Yeah. Uh, no, I've got Gay. No, the last one was Fuller. God, I, I think it was Harvey. Was it Harvey? If I got Harvey there. Oh, oh, Gain Harvey. Yes. Yes, which is actually my mum's. It never came out. Like it was massive in New Zealand, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, not over here. It never like um, it never appeared over here. Well, this one is amazing, just because it's one of my favourite shows ever. Who did you play in Spooks? Oh, um, I don't know, Sophie. No, no, again, an amazing name, Ray Orla. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. <laughs> you're bringing all this stuff up when we pass it to Leo. I know, I can't believe you're, that's why I love researching these guests and people I know, I'm like, you're into boots, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, well, also, you've done, what well, I never realised as well, you did some amazing films, you did Everybody Loves Sunshine, which was known as Busted, which was a David Bowie film. David yeah. Bowie, David Bowie. Again, that's his surname, what is it? That, I'm terrible, Bowie, Bowie. Um, you know what a funny story about that like um so I was introduced to David Bowie wow um, yeah uh, yeah and all I could say to him was are your eyes really a different color (laughs) that's literally what I said because I was so starstruck and that's what I said to him. That was the first words that come on my mouth. I bet was... you anyone who's met David Bowie probably said something that was really off the... inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, oh my god, meeting him. Um, and then you're also in GMT, which Greenwich Mean Time, which was kind of a massive success everywhere, wasn't it? That film. It was great. Yeah, with with a Chiwetel for like who's like an amazing actor. It was a pleasure to to work on that film. Yeah, yeah, and John Strickland directed it. Um, and then we obviously have to talk about Bad Girls, which was, uh, I have to admit, I never watched Bad Girls, so I was oh not... Oh, my a, God, please. I know, and I do feel bad about that because it's obviously, you know what, it's like Friends With Me that I have watched now, but you know when something becomes so big and you feel like, oh, I haven't been watching for the beginning and you kind of feel that pressure of like, it could take me so long to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I won't, but, I mean, now, I know so much about it, but you were, there were six series, your character was, did you know this, was voted the sixth favourite inmate of all time? Really? Yeah. Um, which is amazing. But you had, and this is where I've got another little surprise, hold on, coming up. Oh your mother was played uh, by the legendary Denise 
black, so hold on a sec. Hello, Alicia. It's your very dangerous bad mum, Denise, here. And uh, I gather you're talking to Lee, and I'm the surprise. So I'm locked up here on the south coast. I mean, going bonkers, let's be honest. And um, I can't wait to get out, and I'll throw my arms around you. Good luck in everything that you do. Keep your spirits up. You're a diamond girl, and I love working with you, and I can't wait till next time. Big kiss. Hi, Lee. How you doing? Bye, you two. Bye. There we go. Oh, my God. The legendary. And again, I did it until I researched that today. I didn't realise you played. Wow, that just made me heart beat a little bit faster. So, and you also work with Linda Henry, obviously, who's a soap legend as well. Yeah. It's, like, it's mad, isn't it? But um, yeah. what was it like being part of it? I mean, obviously, it's almost like Kelly and Shameless as well. You, you were part of a show that became so huge as you were making it. Like, I always think, what was it like going into a show that then becomes massive and going back series after series? Does it change your, like, I, I suppose the question I want to ask that I'm sure most people would love to ask if they had the chance was, does it make you a bit of a twat? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when yeah, you know you're in something so big. Like, honestly, it made me a total twat. I was so young at the time, um, and I wasn't expecting that series to... I remember, like, we were, we all we all had this screening of the first episode, and we all came away going, oh, this is not, this is not going to go. And then it went massive. Um, and so I was thrown into this world that was just, like crazy you know and we kept making yeah. series after series and 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 I, and I did become a bit of a twat if I'm honest oh and I'm so glad you've admitted that because that's I mean it's almost like that's what I mean it's a question as a fan and as a person watching telly you think it must go to your head because you must arrive thinking god I'm in this do you know what I mean yeah yeah totally I did you know and also like obviously being a lesbian and playing a lesbian um you know, I, I wasn't out at the time, but I was definitely like going to Soho all the time and uh, hanging out at lesbian bars and things like that. And, and being like, a I'm a, yes, I am. Her. Yes, I am. Her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It was ridiculous and I wasn't ready for it. I really wasn't ready for it. So I didn't know how to deal with it, if I'm honest. Um, well, who does? That's the thing. I think that's the thing. People think, like I said, people think showbiz is so glamorous. But when you're thrown into, I always relate it to going to people like, well, would you love not, I mean, I know probably it wasn't quite like this, but, you know, when you, oh, it was like that for you, when you go to bars, and yeah, it's great at first, but then actually you just want to be out with your mates and not have people constantly, especially now they're taking pictures and putting them straight on social media and stuff. Yeah, it got really weird. Like, you know, I'd be out with me mom and, whatever and and people would come up and just be great but very rude to the people that I was with like yeah it was really weird I remember the first time I got recognized I was walking down Old Compton Street in Soho and um this girl shouted me over and so I went over um and she said um if I was in prison with you I would have kicked you down one time oh my god I was really scared. I was like, oh, okay, so that's what you got me over for. Like, yeah. Very straight. Yeah, it was very odd because obviously Denny started off as a, as a, you know, a pretty bad character. Um, but then it got better. It got better. And then people were just very, very nice. Um, the, the, the thing that made me laugh was like guys would come up to me and go, um, you're that girl from Bad Girls. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't watch it. My girlfriend watches it. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so how do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> I, I always say when I was directing, <laughs> I'd get in cabs and they'd be like, what do you do? Oh, the, the, you know, like the Emmerdale firm. They'd be like, oh, you work on Emmerdale. Yeah, I hate Emmerdale. Um, you'd be like, oh, great, thanks. Because I always think it's one of those jobs that people, you know, if you work, if you go, I work in NatWest Bank, people wouldn't go, oh, God, NatWest. I absolutely hate NatWest. <laughs> I know, but, you were, but then they would go, oh, and just t- you know that Zach storyline at the moment. You're like, so well, so you you're actually watching it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's like, crazy. Oh, so oh, again, man. you just think we do the one job that people can go, oh yeah, I hated doing that. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, brilliant, thanks so much. But again, how amazing to have been part of basically TV history because that will go. Oh, obviously, it's groundbreaking. It really was groundbreaking, you know, and I, I feel very, very honoured to be to. Have been a part of that. Yeah, 
Bad Girls reunions every year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we all go and um, spend time with fans. and they... Spend the night in the cells. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually film in a real-life prison, by the way, or was it like a big set? It was a set in a Three Mills studio. Oh, okay. Which I think's right. Now it's a restaurant, I think. Oh, oh, well, there we go. Some publicity if you want to go and sit and have dinner in what used to be. I, I mean, I remember filming when I did EastEnders and we did Ronnie's leaving and she got locked up. And I remember being, we actually did film in a real prison. And at first really? I was horrified, just uh, there was a police station prison. Do you know what I mean? Where you're, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, me being me, I didn't realize this bar ran along every single wall. And when you lent on it, it set off the alarm for the whole police station. Oh. So people started running and it was like, don't lean on that. I was like, oh, people are going, did you not know that? It's like, no, thankfully, I've never been in this position. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was very, again, it's that thing of when you film on sets and then if you get to go to the real thing, it totally changes your mind as, for me as a director because suddenly it puts it into perspective. I mean, obviously I'm sure Bad Girls isn't anything actually like prison, but um, so we're going to end with a new thing. It's called the Acting Masterclass. So you need to say... I've chosen two for you. The line is, can I have two wines and an apple juice? But I've taken, you know, the acting Bible. You have to say that devastated. Okay, can I have two wines and apple juice? That, okay, I can yeah. do that. Devastated, yeah. Devastated. All right, all right. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. Action! Can I have two wines and an apple juice? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Because I do love this, and people are listening. Even Where did you get that from Lee? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just totally making it up, to be honest. Um, but you know, like in auditions, when people go, "Can you just do it a bit more like this?" Um, the next one, last one, is anyone is. Uh, I'm just popping to David's shop to get a blancmange, and you have to say that in a in a sinister tone. Okay. Are you ready? Actually, sorry, I didn't call action. I'm out of practice. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to say action. I know, normally the first AD does that, you know. Oh. Like, um, okay, ready. So it's, I'm just popping to David's shop to get a blancmange. Why I thought okay. blancmange, I've got no idea. Never have one. Uh, okay, and action. I'm just going to David's shop to get a blancmange. Amazing. So that will, basically this is to get everyone on the show more jobs. So that's, you've just done basically a self-tape for... <laughs> Uh, anything that's really heavily emotional and sinister. Well, listen, it has been amazing to have you on. It's been amazing talking to you. Like, thank you and so I, much for having And me I on. cannot wait to see you. And I mean that honestly, because it's been far too long. And it's just amazing. Thanks for talking about what you talked about. And I love you to bits. And we will see each other very soon. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon, babe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much to Alicia for coming on the podcast and being so open and so honest. I think it's such a help to so many people when they hear the stories of others. So thanks so much, Alicia. There are, of course, two episodes every single Sunday this season of Soap from the Box. The other one is with Ashley Taylor Dawson and there will be a special episode coming this Wednesday. You can find out all about that on my social media. Find me at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. As usual, I would like to thank David Stevens and the Bothy for their edit and technical wizardry and Ian McCallum for all of his press help. If you want to contact the Mental Health Foundation, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I hope you have a safe and happy week. See you on Wednesday. Wednesday. 